0: All your base are belong to us. Hello, and welcome to Fake Geek Girls, a podcast looking at nerdy pop culture from both a fan and critical perspective, encouraging the things we love to do better. I'm Missy, I'm a writer, and I watched a lot of movies. (laughs) Like, so many movies. Uh, same (laughs) I don't know what I am now Uh, (laughs) lost in the wind I'll just I mean I'm a digital marketer and uh, I'm pregnant Ah! Ah! I had my anatomy scan so I feel comfortable Putting it out there. Surprise. Surprise. I think I edited out every little joke you made until this point about being pregnant. Well, now you don't have to. But surprise. I was going to put it online and stuff, but then I just, it it didn't feel right. So I posted the picture of me with a fake gremlin baby. Um, (laughs) I I mean, is that not your baby? It's... I, I literally on my TikTok and my Pinterest, the boards and stuff that I have to save it. It's just gremlin. Yeah. So there is a gremlin in you. It's, there's, and there's one in Bob too. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. So, uh, uh, I figure it's safe to announce it here. Yeah. Uh, one person did figure it out. Oh. Uh, but yeah, I'm growing a, a whole body and I, she kicks and everything. Yeah, she sticks her tongue out. Yeah, she has all her legs and arms. She doesn't have horns, though. That we know of. That we know of. Yeah, so um, a tail can still be grown, too. Yeah, there's time. There's time to be- let her become a of <laughs> to her full potential. <laughs> to your- so. Mary's got Rosemary's baby in there. <laughs> well, my Rose- sister's middle name Rose is Rose. Rosemary. Yeah, and my sister's middle name is Rose. Am I right? Yeah, so... Yeah. Um, I still don't have a name, so if you have any suggestions... Rosemary. No, it's not Rosemary. Um, Sage. No. Thyme. Sa- these Parsley. the are dog names. Parsley. Parsley? Parsley. How about cumin? Cumin. Cumin. <laughs> <laughs> Alfalfa. 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 Um, but yeah, uh, I also watched a lot of movies. Um, I didn't watch as much stuff for the uh the fact that we have taken like two months to record this i feel like i should have more things but i watched a lot of drag race i had two 10 hour flights so you had a lot of time yeah i didn't even put two of the movies i watched on That's here funny. um i guess i'll go first because i have a lot um i watched little women the new greta gerwig one uh i really liked it i, I ca- want to see it i suspected i would like it but i really liked it i don't i've never read little women uh, if you're not familiar with Little Women, it I think it's by... Is it Louisa May Alcott? Is that Little I'm Women? I know. Do you want me to look it up? Yeah, because the other one is... The other three-word three, three word name, like three-word female author is Laura Ingalls Wilder, which is Little House on the Prairie. Uh It's by Louisa May Alcott, and it's a story of a group... It's a story of four sisters um growing up at some point in the past <laughs> and their little lives. And I feel like... um I, if I had read or watched this when I was younger, I would have been like, Joe is my idol. And, like, I kind of knew that from what I had heard about Joe, but, like, yeah. Louise May Alcott. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe, I definitely would have identified with Joe as a child. <laughs> she's, she's like, the, uh, she's an author. She wants to be an author, and then she is an author. She um, has wants nothing to do with boys or being a traditional girl um all that kind of stuff uh it was the ol- here's the only complaint i have about the movie i don't buy that a single one of those actors is a teenager <laughs> it's like it's florence Pugh, saoirse ronan emma watson and yeah oh my god i can't remember who the fourth one is the one who plays beth i can't remember i, know, I, can tell I can't you. remember her name um I was, it was funny to me, especially Florence Pugh, because this, she, she made this movie at the same time as Midsommar. uh, Beth is Eliza Shan, Shanelin. Okay. I don't know who that is. So that's why I didn't remember her name. Um, so it is, it is a story about these, uh, sisters and the experiences of being, you know, young women in, um, in this time period when I don't know exactly when it is. Uh, I really, really liked it. I think it was a good adaptation. I looked up afterwards because I was curious about the ending. I don't want to, like, spoil what happens, but um, I was curious about the ending. I'm like, is that true? Like, did that happen in the book? And I looked it up and no, it did not happen (laughs) in the book. And I think that that was a really interesting and, like, neat choice to make like it's not it doesn't it makes us not true to the book but I think it is truer to the spirit of the book what was done there and I really appreciated that um so I really liked it that's really all I have to say about it. it's totally worth a watch if you haven't seen it yet um I enjoyed it overall (laughs) it's funnily enough so I watched this one on the plane and like all there were four of us traveling to Japan and three of us uncoordinated three of us watched movies with timothy chalamet oh my gosh we did not choose this i watched little women um and my one of my friends watched dune and another one watched uh call me by your name like this was not coordinated we were just all watching timothy chalamet (laughs) movies so shout out to Timothy Chalamet I guess. And this was like right after I had read like some meme or something that was like Timothy I used to pick apples in papa's orchard with Timothy Chalamet or something like that. And I kept saying that throughout the trip. He's dating uh Kylie Jenner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think she used to pick apples in Papa's orchard with? Timothy she definitely Shaman? paid some people. Yeah, she paid some people. It was, it was her orchard that she was uh, loaning out to Papa <laughs> for a huge amount Papa of money. Papa was an indentured <laughs> yeah. servant. Papa was <laughs> an indentured servant. It's a great story. She falls in love with the indentured servant's son, <laughs> and he teaches her how to bake a pie. Oh my god! Pie. Oh my god! Coming this year. I mean, this <laughs> fall. The um, but yeah, Little Women. I really liked it. Definitely worth a watch. I think you'd really like it, Mary. Yeah, I've been. You're gonna to cry so much. Yeah. Well, you I already will... do that. Yeah. Yeah, but you don't even know you're gonna cry so much. I want to watch it because I enjoyed Lady Bird. Obviously, I liked Barbie, mm-hmm. and I know a lot of people like Little Women. And mm-hmm. when I'm in the mood for like that type of movie, like that's what I want to watch. I'm like that looks like it's perfect. Uh, yeah, I think you'll really, really like it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think you're gonna really enjoy it. Um, I watched the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, by uh, Seth Rogen and his friend, he does stuff a lot with. Um, but it's it's animated. Oh, it was directed by Jeff Rowe, and I think that Seth Rogen was a producer on it, and he really just wanted to get the movie made. And it was it was cute. It was really cute. They got actual kids to um be the turtles oh wow and i had i saw a little clip about talking to talking to the kids and like um why they chose like actual kids like that are the correct age and they did it so the so the dialogue won't feel cringy yeah and they were allowed to yeah they were allowed to um improvise so i heard things like riz and (laughs) i think there was a cap in there i heard some things were like oh i know that (laughs) but uh it's really cute it's uh the story is um the turtles and their dad the rat um living hiding away and he's like don't go near any humans humans are real 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 bad and then a uh, giant fly is like i'm gonna kill all humans and they're like oh no but we found this one and, I, and one of them's like in love with her and it was really cute uh april i think is, yeah like, it's yeah. april and i what i really appreciate about april is that she's not a thin young she's a young girl but she's not like thin mm-hmm. and i was like well she looks like a real person mm-hmm. and she's very funny Um, and it's just a bunch of kids like wanting to be kids. Like let kids be kids. Even turtle kids. Even turtle kids. Even turtle kids. (laughs) Um I definitely feel like if the Success of um, the Across the Spider Verse wasn't so great. I don't think they would have necessarily got this movie made at the um, production level that they did mm-hmm. because it looks really good. And it's made with—is it made with the same animation technique? I'm not sure, but it definitely has a very specific look, mm-hmm. and it looks really good. Um, so I really enjoyed it. There's a lot of people in it, um, like famous like Seth Rogen's a voice, Paul Rudd. Um, some other people that you're like, oh yeah. uh and then a bunch of kids. And that's cool. Um, but yeah, it was cute. It was fun. I enjoyed it. My husband was pumped. <laughs> he was so excited to watch it, and um, I'm glad I watched it with him, even though I almost fell asleep because I was tired. <laughs> <laughs> um, another one of my plane watches, this is a rewatch, was E.T. I don't know if you all know. I fucking love ET. It was one of my favorite movies when I was a kid. Um, the only part I know, like ET, is like famously scary to a lot of people. But the only part that scared me was when ET is dying in the ditch. So scary! And also the the astronaut people are so scary. Yeah, they're really really scary. Um, so I rewatched this, and this movie still fucking rules. I love this movie so much. This is like this is cinema to me. It's having a comeback. Yeah, it's so it's good. Really good. It's tons of toys. Yeah, I think it's an uh, anniversary. That must be it. The top five baby costumes this year is the, one of the E.T. ones I sent you. Top five baby names. E.T. Edda E.T. <laughs> Edda Elliot. 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 No, I'm thinking of a girl. I guess Elliot. Elliot could be I'm a cute girl. girl. Mary, name your baby Elliot. I don't know. That's so cute. I don't know, and I would only speak to your baby, going Elliot, <laughs> Elliot, Elliot. <laughs> I'll see what Bob thinks about it. I'm now leaning towards Ivy. That's a cute name, but I don't. You know. want to name her after my D and D character? I see how it is. Yes, exactly what it <laughs> is. Mary loves my D and D character so much. She's gonna name her baby after. I was. I've been like really careful not to choose names that come from Star Wars or Disney and Ivy or Taylor Swift. And Ivy is is a Taylor Swift song so that's my hesitancy. I think it's it. okay um, Ivy's lots of things like my D&D character this is true that's more true. important than the plant is my D&D character yes 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 agreed agreed um but anyway E.T. uh this movie's so funny I don't know if you know how funny this movie is if you haven't watched it recently I was cracking up in the first like before it starts to get like creepy and sad um the beginning is so fucking funny but like the dialogue is hilarious um it's a great movie like legitimately ET rules like I love this movie um I think it would actually make a really good episode there was something I was watch, I was thinking about as I was watching it with like regard to how things are framed and blah 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 but that was like fully a month ago now so I don't remember what was happening in my brain when I was watching it but I actually think E.T. would make a really good episode (laughs) Probably oh, absolutely especially just because I love it. Well, it actually probably would do really well too cause right now cuz aliens are having a big moment. Is yeah, it's a it's a good time for aliens. Um if you have if you like ET or if you've seen ET and you haven't watched it in a long time, you should rewatch it. If you if you grew up a hater and you're like ET's so scary, that's fair, but it's really good and you should rewatch it. <laughs> I know he's a creepy little guy um that is probably the least cute alien in anything ever Mm, alf no alf is cuter the fucking xenomorph is cuter than e.t uh chestburster cuter than (laughs) e.t i agree like e.t is not a good looking guy but you know what he has heart and that's what matters shout out to to shout out to my boy e.t uh and that's all i have to say about that (laughs) uh last night actually i watched the faculty i was uh, i want to see this is in my jar yeah so i was sitting with my husband he was looking for something to watch and he passed the faculty and you know i've never seen that movie because it seems like a movie i would have seen yeah and he goes what (laughs) and i was like yeah i've never seen it can i can i just tell you my impression of the movie i have not seen yes please i just imagine that it's cruel intentions but with aliens no oh bummer but wouldn't that rule that would rule um, but actually, you know what it reminded me of? Mm. Animorphs. Mm. I'm intrigued. Yeah, it reminded me of Animorphs. Um, so the story is is uh, pretty simple. It's invasion of the body snatchers. There's mm-hmm. a, a we don't know if it's an alien, but you would assume some type of organism mm-hmm. gets into people. A baby, a baby, just <laughs> like mine, um, gets into people and turns them into different people. Um, and they spoilers they do go through their ear mm. and i was like i was like wait, before i even found that out i was like this is gonna be like a yerk and i was like mm-hmm. oh my god wow. um it and yeah it's the kids trying to be like something's wrong um something's wrong something's not right <laughs> and they try the little ear wigs try to take over the whole town and like that's it that's the plot it's pretty it's pretty simple <laughs> but let me tell you all the people that are in this fucking movie that i did not know okay so first josh hartnett i knew that one he plays the Lamingo. selma hayek is in it um usher is in it usher Usher's on the cover and he's in it for like literally three minutes <laughs> uh john stewart is in it <laughs> um uh elijah wood I think I knew he was in it. Uh Dan Masterson sucks. Um and there's a few others that like uh you'll you'll just know like, oh, they're in a lot of stuff. So yeah, they're I just kept like is that so and so? Is that so like what? <laughs> um, so yeah, it was really good. I liked it. It was it was it was a it was a nineties teen alien movie, and I liked it. Hell yeah. So um you would probably like it. It's, it's just, if you go in being like, this is a 90-teens horror movie, apparently Bob has watched it many, many times. <laughs> um, but yeah, I liked it. I think you'll like it. Has Josh seen it? I don't think so. Sorry, I took a big drink of water right as but you old, asked that question. Old. Yeah, it's good. It was fun. It was a good time. Um, nice. It's very nineties. Good. It's it, or late nineties, I should say specifically. Mm-hmm. But it starts off with like an Offspring song. Oh my god. Yeah, like it's 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 and like it's just silly and fun. Um. But yeah, it was a good time. Nice. Um. I watched. Now I've seen it twice. I watched Tar on the plane. This is maybe not the best movie for a ten-hour flight because I was so fucking tired. I kept falling asleep. Which was why I watched it again. So, Tar, you probably heard of, it won awards or something. Um, Stars Kate Blanchett as Lydia Tar, who is a conductor for the Berlin Philharmonic Orchestra or something. Um, And she's not the worst person alive, but my God, is she close. The thing I love, so this movie is about her, and I don't want to spoil anything because, like, It's really uh I don't know. If I say anything, it kind of unravels, I feel like. But it's she she's in a position of power. Uh she's a lesbian. And she's not a nice not a nice person. And see it, but you loved her. Oh God, yes. She's incredible. There's a review, I think the New York Times review. So the movie is a lot about separating the art from the artist. And so the New York times review, I think said something along the lines of, um, this movie raises a lot of questions about separating the art from the artist. But the thing with Lydia Tarr is that she's not an artist. She's art. (laughs) And that is precisely it. So, um, she does some shitty things that come back to bite her in the ass is, is basically what I'm going to, to say. What I really liked about this movie is that it, it, it's one of those movies you either love it or you hate it and a lot of that's going to come down to your thoughts about quote unquote cancel culture and your thoughts about unlikable female characters. Um, I loved this movie because I thought it was so interesting what it did with quote unquote cancel culture. I thought it was fascinating. I thought the layers of how Lydia Tarr were handled were so so compelling like oh god it's so good her unlikability is captivating like what awful shit is she going to do next and it's the thing that really captivates me and this is a minor spoiler i'm not going to spoil specifics i'm just going to spoil like an event without telling you what the event is when she gets got she gets got in a way That we, the audience who have seen what she does, we know is not accurate, right? We know that it's been like manipulated and stuff like that, but she still deserves to get got. (laughs) So what do we do with that discomfort of knowing that like, hey, that's not quite right, but you still deserve it, you know? And then to see how it fall, like to see the fallout of it is just, oh. Delicious! It's so good. um Yeah, I just Kate Blanchett's performance in this movie is incredible. Like sh- she fucking nailed it. And one thing that's really cool that I didn't notice on the first watch is this is like a it's like a psychological thriller. No, it's not. A, I wouldn't call it a thriller, but it is quite intense drama. It's an intense drama. But then when you when you learn a little bit more about things happening in the background, it is in fact a thriller and a ghost story. Interesting. Well, um, I like this. I think that you would like it, you. but the only thing about it is it seems really dry and dull at first. Mm-hmm. Okay. You really, like, you really have to, like, be in it. And it's long. No casual watching. Yeah, you really, I don't think you can casually watch this one. Like, you gotta be, you gotta be in it, and that includes listening to the 20-minute interview in character at the beginning of the scene of Lydia Tar, a person you don't fucking know. Um, but I loved this movie. I thought it was so good. It's definitely not for everybody. I have seen some of the criticisms people make about it, and I I understand where they're coming from. Um, but I think that the nuance with the way this movie handles a lot of the issues that it's about was like it gave me so much to chew on as a critic and as a person who lives in twenty twenty three as a person who you know thinks a lot about you know quote-unquote cancel culture um a person who thinks a lot about art and and monstrousness and unlikability, like ugh, delicious i loved this movie i thought it was so good i'm i want to be lydia Tarr for halloween (laughs) because who's just loved her who's the scariest you love a disaster she's 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 not outwardly a disaster and then you watch her unravel through the (laughs) oh god it's good (laughs) Some of the best unraveling I've ever seen. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, I love this movie. I highly recommend it. If any of that sounds interesting to you, um, I, again, understand where some of the criticisms of it come from with regard to like, oh, this movie is sexist or this movie is um, even homophobic. Like, I, I get where that comes from, but I think uh in the dream house by carmen Marie Machado really did a number on my psyche as far as like no we need to see monstrous women, we need to see monstrous, uh, queer people. Like this is we can't well rounded. Yeah, we can't keep brushing this shit under the rug for the sake of looking respectable. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, that's a highly recommend from me. Um opposite I, I watched the Flash <laughs> uh, I watched the flash with my husband because he absolutely loves the flash um and so so he wanted to watch it and i had heard horrible things about it but (laughs) but i do know that a lot of that is um because of what's his name ezra ezra miller yeah uh, who is a horrendous person yeah uh a really really bad person so i was hesitant to to watch it too but he was gonna watch it he wanted me to watch it with him and i was like okay fine and it was um not as bad as people say it is but it was bad. <laughs> it wasn't good. And holy shit, the CGI was not good. It was some of the worst I've seen. Oh, my God. Uh, the story is Mr. Flashman, or child, is dealing with the death of his mother. And um, essentially i don't know finds a way to go it's like a multiverse thing right mm-hmm. um and he's being- the multiverse is so hot right now it is it's a hot commodity and uh ends up going somewhere else where his family is alive and um kind of just is like i want to live here with my family but this shit goes wrong and i can't believe it i can't believe it uh it was My husband also really wanted to watch it because he's the only person in the world who loves Ben Affleck as Batman. (laughs) He loves Ben Affleck as Batman. And I'm just like, you're crazy. He's not good as Batman, but whatever. Um... I don't know. I don't even know what to say about this movie. That's uh, that's about it. That's about all that happens and he's got to <laughs> be like, maybe I shouldn't be here. And here's the big spoiler thing. he gets back and he's like, I'm back. and he's like, Batman, I'm back. I got a lot to tell you and Batman comes up and George Clooney walks out. He's not back. <laughs> George Clooney would be such a great choice for Batman though. he was Batman Mary. Oh that's why I felt <laughs> that way. I was like <laughs> I guess because I'm like, he, he was a that so good old. He was the Batman in the Joel Schumacher. Yeah, that's right. But I think he should be him now. Yeah, I guess technically he is. <laughs> technically, so multiverse and bringing old people back, bringing old, old people back. Um, it's it's a hot commodity. <laughs> it was not as bad as people say, but I understand why people were so against it because Ezra Miller is really, really just terrible. My husband, my husband liked it, but he likes. A lot of <laughs> superhero movies. Like, there's not many he doesn't like. Yeah, and he loves the Flash. Uh, like, he actually watched all of the um, CW show. Yeah, um, and he he was upset they didn't use that kid for the Flash because hmm. he's like a perfect Flash. Mm-hmm. And I guess it was pretty much agreed upon that no one else could be. It's kind of like a Constantine situation where it's like, can you find someone better? Mm-hmm. I don't think you can. Yeah, uh, and they didn't. But uh, I don't know much about The Flash to make any opinions on that. Um, It was fine. (laughs) It was a movie. It was a movie. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I don't suggest it unless you really like superhero movies, which then you've probably watched it anyways. Yeah. So, yeah. It's fine. (laughs) I, okay, so... I think I talked about this in the last episode, but after Japan, well, we got COVID in Japan and didn't know it. So we get home, test, and then we have to isolate for a week. And um, what did we watch? Well, in isolation, I was flipping through some movie streaming service and I saw What Lies Beneath, the scariest movie <laughs> I liked for a long time because it's a ghost story, but it's not that scary um and my husband was like oh i haven't seen that in such a long time and i was like well we're watching it right now so i put it on (laughs) uh so what lies beneath if you're not familiar with it stars michelle pfeiffer and harrison ford the two hottest old people ever (laughs) and they're fully like this movie came out in the i think in the early 2000s so they're like i don't know how old they are but it was really interesting to watch a like romantic well it's not it's not not romantic. It's like a romantic drama horror about two people like in their forties or fifties. Um, so in this movie, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer plays the main character. She starts, they, they've just moved into this like beautiful fucking house, uh, on a lake. And in, she starts having feelings <laughs> about <laughs> that. They might be, their house might be haunted. Um, and their neighbors have this very like volatile relationship. They hear a lot of fucking and a lot of crying coming from the house. And eventually the, the woman goes missing. And so Michelle Pfeiffer makes it her mission to find out what happened to her. Um, it's almost a good movie. (laughs) It is not quite a good movie. (laughs) Um, I don't I don't necessarily recommend it. Um but I still had a good time watching. I think its biggest its biggest problems are that I think it's directed by Robert Zemeckis, who did uh the Back, back to the Future films, you know? And he did oh. he did some other stuff, but like Back to the Future is what I think of. Um and he I don't know if he's done a lot of uh suspense or thrillers and he seems to mistake having a long take for suspense (laughs) so there's just a lot of moments where the most egregious i think to me is there's a scene where um michelle pfeiffer's character is like walking along her fence and like trying to peep into the neighbor's yard and so it's just this like extremely long take of like michelle pfeiffer looking through a fence and it's like you know what's gonna happen like she looks through a like a knot hole right and you're like oh someone's gonna pop up on the other side but it just go, it just drags on it goes on forever i'm like hey we're not just, we know what's gonna happen just just do it and that's kind of how this movie is there's just these like seeds that are clearly trying to build suspense but they go on so long that they just become annoying cuz you know what's going to happen. Um th- so the movie's too long. Like it's way too long because of these like ridiculously long <laughs> scenes that are supposed to be suspenseful. It, the tone is is pretty wild. Um I remember we watched it so much. Did we? Right, didn't we? We we may have cuz I know I really liked it because I was like I really I've always yeah. liked horror, right? Like, but I couldn't deal with it for a long time. I couldn't watch horror movies. I still can't do horror games. But I could do horror books. And this movie is is, hor- is horror, but it's not so scary. And part of that is, this is a spoiler for, like, a 20-year-old movie. Um, The ghost in it is helpful. Yeah. Um, And that, I think, was something... So I could watch this movie and I could get, you know, like, the fun little, like... Ooh, spooky moments, but like ultimately, it wasn't scary. Scary. Yeah. It is the movie I'm thinking of. We did watch it a lot. Okay, I yeah. believe that. I believe that. Um, fun anecdote about this movie that I think about all the time. All the time. All the time, I think about this anecdote is I was for whatever reason I was watching it with my grandma, and in one of the scenes, I was uh, like, and I was not very like I was like probably a, maybe a teenager when I was watching this with my grandma. I might have been a a little younger. There's a scene when the neighbors have really loud sex, like really loud sex. And I got all embarrassed because I was watching it with my grandma. And my my grandma looks at me and goes, Melissa, they're just making love. (laughs) I think about this this moment all the time. Um, That did not make me less embarrassed to be watching this scene with my grandma. But um, I do still think when I get a little embarrassed about something, I still go, Melissa, they're just making love. (laughs) <laughs> i just wanted to share that anecdote with the world what lies beneath not a great movie not a good movie but you know what it's almost i liked it as a kid have you I'm rewatched it <laughs> no <laughs> it's not i'm gonna really let it live good. where it yeah, does do in my that mind. do that because what happens i think in your mind is that you edit out the really boring part did <laughs> you just keep the good bit? I think the twist really got me. The twist, the is, twist good. is really good, and that's why I liked it. And yeah. I feel like it's one of those ones you can re- could rewatch and be like, ah, oh, there it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. So for sure, I, I think that's. And I also can't do scary things, but this one isn't scary. Yeah, it's got its like moments of spooky, like spookiness, but it's not really scary. Yeah. Uh, so I don't recommend this movie unless you want to watch like a mediocre thriller with Michelle Pfeiffer and Harrison Ford, which, you know what. <laughs> Fair. 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 It's a hard world right now. Yeah. <laughs> They're both good looking people. They are. Michelle Pfeiffer is so gorgeous. She is so gorgeous. Um, I watched so much Drag Race. So much Drag Race. Um, so I have watched almost all of regular Drag Race. I'm actually going back and, cause I started at season six, I'm going back and watching the ones that I haven't watched. And for some reason, season 10 was not on Paramount Plus, but now they just put it on Hulu, so I'll be watching that. But I watched all, everything else. I've watched all of All Stars. Um, that's a lot. <laughs> there are 15 seasons of the regular one <laughs> and 8 oh my seasons God. of All Stars. How many episodes are a season? Uh, but Anywhere between, I think, like 10 and 13. Oh, okay. Maybe it's 13. not like the 22 episode season. No, no, it's not. Um, I, ha- we had a fr- I have a friend that uh, has been trying to get me to watch it for so long, and you know what? He was right. <laughs> I loved it. I think, Josh, I think you'll like it, but Josh will really like it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't have much to say about this except that, um, it's a really good, despite it sometimes like being drama and catty, it's still a really feel good show. Like it always ends with, and I said, that, I think I said this last time, uh, if you can't love yourself, how, how the hell are you gonna love anyone, anyone else? Can I get an amen? And at first, this kind of seems like a, that's a weird way to end it, but okay. But as you get more into it and learn more about like, the people you're like no it's i get it like you doing drag is a self love doing drag is um a political statement now it always has been but it really is there's a lot of people in the early seasons who didn't want to make it political they just wanted to um be like entertainers yeah and now that's not the case. Right. Um, you can you can tell when Trump got elected because at the end they all dance and they start coming out with, like, vote vote.com signs and, like, all this stuff and, like, support your local drag queen. The show gets very political. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate it about that. And I was really nervous because, as many people know, recently in, in the news – probably the past year and a half two years um drag queens have particularly been targeted um trans and drag queens and trans drag queens have been very very targeted Mm -hmm. so i'm watching some of the earlier seasons and people saying like oh it's getting better and blah 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 i'm like oh my god like it doesn't get that at least from the outside you know i'm not within that community but i'm like oh man like I, I'm really scared for like, is there going to be a shift of like sadness? And there wasn't. Mm-hmm. There was, there was only more for for, for no, we, we got to do this. We have to do this. We have to keep doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also appreciated as you get further into seasons, you get much more um, acceptance. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I didn't particularly like in the earlier seasons was like Michelle Michelle Visage saying that she doesn't like seeing pants on the runway because it reads too masculine. Mm -hmm. And one person wore a beard and you know what? It looked fucking amazing. And it was, she's like, I just see a man in a beard now with a beard and in women's clothes. And I'm like, but what? And as they keep going, that sentiment totally changes mm-hmm. like some of the drag queens will dress up as men mm-hmm. especially like especially in snatch game and stuff like that um but like what i'm watching in season four i think someone uh for their runway look does janelle Monet mm-hmm. and uh they get red for uh looking too much like a man mm-hmm. and um and like i get i get it i get what like it's a different time and pants, like, apparently women don't wear, uh, but that does change. And there are more, more openly trans characters. Mm-hmm. They even had a straight man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, that's pretty crazy. Uh, the premise of Drag Race, if you haven't seen it, is it's a, it's a game show where People who are drag queens come on and do different challenges each week, and until they you know, and then someone ha- two people get in the bottom. They have to lip sync, and then one of them has to leave. Sometimes two of them. Leave. It's like Sometimes America's ne- Next Top Model, but yeah, with drag queens. They even say like America's Next Top Drag Queen. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and uh, it's it's fun. It's good. I put it on before bed and watch it, and I watch. I like fall asleep watching it, and it just makes me really happy. And um. I'm really excited because I saw the next uh, All Stars is coming out in a few months and Got Mick is on it. And Got Mick is one of my favorites. Um, Got Mick is a trans man and has some of the best fashion I have ever seen. Uh, on the show or real life and I just watched the last season season 15 and this is spoilers Um the two people I loved the most got to the end so Anitra who walks, walks that fucking duck and if you've seen it you know it's just wild and Sasha Sasha Colby who was my favorite from the beginning Apparently she's like a real legend. Like uh, they described her as like your drag, your favorite drag queen's favorite drag queen, mm. and she was she f- like she was just really nice and she felt really humble and I lo- I liked her immediately and I was like and she never had to lip sync because she's so fucking good and then they do uh uh what's it called a rupul. Ru- I don't know. They do it. I can't remember what it's called. So they they put Ru RuPaul's name and things and do stuff. But they had to do a lip sync battle. And it was Amitra versus Sasha Colby. And I have – I'm usually like whatever. I don't really care too much about the lip syncs. I really like the the challenges and the fashion. I have never been glued to my TV as hard as I was when those two were lip syncing against each other. She does hairography, And let me tell you. She's the picture you see when you look up hairography. <laughs> um she's also a trans woman and it's just it's like nice to see the change that that happens. Um in the past seasons other people have come out as trans but it's always like really emotional like they're telling a secret mm-hmm. and now uh, for a lot of people it's much more open and um especially like in All-Stars where uh cast comes back and they're like I am I'm trans and it's like exciting and celebrated. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I really love it. I really love it. And I can't wait for new seasons. I wish I had more to binge because it's just feel good. It has good fashion and it's silly and sometimes not silly. Uh, so I highly recommend Drag Race. Nice. It's, it's very good. And I highly recommend you go and online and watch uh, Anitra do, I think it's Anitra, do Walk That Fucking Duck <laughs> and Sasha Colby's uh, Lip Sync with Anitra. Uh, I mean, just look how cool she is. That's very cool. She's so cool and she walks that duck. And <laughs> she, I can't even tell you. <laughs> Listen, we should watch her, her talent show one. Yeah. And I'm not even going to tell you what she does. It's like a, does she walk that duck? Yes. Um, it's like, it's like only two minutes. So we, we should go downstairs when we're done with this. Yeah. Put it on the big TV <laughs> and we should watch her talent show performance because it is. Iconic. And you knew you knew as soon as it started like this is I'm watching history right now. So yeah, it's very good. Nice. Um, I watched Jungle Cruise. Did you like it? I did like it. I I I I was, was not fun. Expecting it to be good. It was fun. And both Bob and I really liked it. Yeah. I had a good time. So Jungle Cruise is uh a movie about the ride. Um, loosely based on the ride. Loosely based on the ride. There's a jungle, there's a cruise. Yeah um i here's my secret confession mary already knows this because i confessed after watching the movie i don't really like the rock you guys i'm not into it i don't find him charming um so watching this movie i was like i think i would like it more if it was somebody else other than the rock anybody maybe not anybody <laughs> but i was like you know what no <laughs> i'm not feeling the not rock here for that i'm not here for him um, but, uh, in this movie, you have Emily Blunt playing, the best character in this movie was Emily Blunt's brother. I loved him. I would die. Oh, di- yeah. I would die for him. Ugh. Okay. Anyway, I'll get into the plot of the movie and then I can complain about Disney. Um, so the movie is about Emily Blunt, who's like this archaeologist or whatever. doesn't matter what she does. She seals a, th- a key or something. Um to find this plant she wants to find this plant that will cure all diseases um and so she steals this thing and everybody's after her and she brings her brother for some reason (laughs) to to go find this plant and the only person that they can get to take them to where this plant is is the rock's character and the rock is that he has a little ship that he drives around he drives around (laughs) he has a little, <laughs> little boat and he makes puns just like the ride and it's an adventure movie in the style of something like Indiana Jones or the mummy. the mummy um but you know with more modern sensibilities this film's much as i enjoy them are problematic you might say um especially Indiana Jones uh it it does some things to kind of um respond to those movies in a way that makes it not feel gross to consume, if that makes sense. Um, but the important thing is that I really liked Emily Blunt's character. I think if I had seen this movie as a kid, I would have wanted to be her. Um, but I love her brother. Um, her brother is a weenie. He's a little weenie boy. Um, he's one of those characters that's like, I'm Percy and I don't know why I'm on this adventure. Here's my 85 suitcases um which might be my favorite kind of character um it was it, it, like it was really the mummy like it really yeah, was just it does the feel. it really it was just kind of the mummy um <laughs> because emily blunts character is very much Evie, the rocks character is pretty rick O'Connell, and uh the brother is just jonathan um but anyway regardless uh i loved the brother especially i know he's kind of a stock character but i loved him and then they were like midway through the movie they're like He's gay. Do you get it? He's gay. He's gay. He's gay. Do you get it? We're not going to say that about him, and we're not going to tell you anything about his personal life that might lead you to believe that, like, he actually is gay, but we're just going to kind of like wink and nugget, nudge at you so that you can give us points for being um really progressive because we included a gay character. Don't worry. We're just going to edit this two minute scene or not even two minutes. We're going to edit this 30 second scene out for international audiences so we don't get canceled in other countries. Um, and also, yeah, we did make him like super weenie and prissy and all that kind of stuff. But it's cool because he's gay, right? That's a good summary. <sighs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, OK, I get it. I get it, but it's 2023. Yeah, it's not 2007. Yeah, it was. Really, I was just like, please. It like did they do the whole first gay character with Jungle Cruise too? Like they do with every one of their goddamn movies. Probably. Yeah. Um, I the movie was fun. Like the movie was fun. It was overall really enjoyable. I had a good time watching it. Um, the creepy parts were good. I liked the B guy naturally. I like the bee guy. I liked uh, that they made uh, the restaurant person Trader Sam's <laughs> woman. Trader Sam's is a restaurant in downtown. Well, it's actually in Disneyland Hotel, and it was a fun little. Yeah, it's really fun to go the, to the to the restaurant if you're inside because they make it look like you're on a ship. They spray water at you, and <laughs> ring a bell, and some volcanoes explode. Wow, it was really fun. Um, it's so- okay. So, yeah, I like the movie. It was a lot of fun. Um, I think it's like a solid modernization of that kind of, um, adventure story. I had low expectations for it. Yeah. And, um, my husband really liked it. Yeah. I, I, I was surprised. It might be because I had such low expectations because I'm like, how are they going to make this into a movie? Um, but it had, you know, it had all the, you know, backside of water. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. Um, and i was surprised yeah i had a good time watching it i just you know i'm sorry i just don't care for the rock i just don't care for him i looked it up and he's one of the producers which is probably how it got pushed i think he pushed to get it made yeah um because who wouldn't i love jungle cruise this is yeah it's a really good ride yeah it's really funny i laugh every time (laughs) every time every time um but yeah it was pretty good do you want to talk about the next one? Because we both did it. Yes, let's do that. So uh, our friends found out that neither Mary nor I had seen Interstellar. So we all decided to watch Interstellar together. I, the notorious Christopher Nolan hater. Mary, not Chris, not the Christopher like Chris Nolan, Nolan. Uh, hater. It's just me. Um, so Interstellar is a movie about Matthew what McConaughey. About? He, The Earth is dying. There's like a plant blight. And basically, they gotta get people off Earth. Like, they, they gotta. And so they've sent some people to look for other planets to colonize. And they haven't heard back yet or something. So they send Matthew McConaughey, who... Also, in this world, like, they're like, the moon landing was faked. Like, this is, like, what's taught in schools. Like, other planets aren't real, basically. And... It, and, and- I took it as like it's a lie. Like not like we did land on the moon, but that's they're, yeah. they're not teaching it that way. Um which like, I would love to think about more cuz I forgot about that. Yeah. So Matthew McConaughey w- like was a NASA or an Air Force pilot or something? I think he was a NASA f- flight man. Flight man, yeah. I don't know. He did something and so they recruit him Na- the the now shadowy organization NASA recruits him essentially to go check up on these um people. These people who are sent out into space and there's there's reasons he's chosen. He has a family. Um and they're like They know. shoot them into black holes, right? Yeah, they should and they're so like, like twelve black holes. I think it's one black hole and there's twelve planets oh, or something yes. like that. yeah So they have he is supposed to go check up on them and he's warned ahead of time, like by the time you get back, time will have passed such that like you'll basically be the same age as your daughter. So he has to leave his children with their grandfather I think and his daughter is pissed she's like I would be too yeah I'd be too she's she's so mad and so they, they already lost their mom yeah so they leave on bad terms like he leaves and his daughter is furious with him and I don't think they get a proper goodbye um and as they're out in space things go wrong <laughs> we'll just leave, we'll leave it at that to not spoil it they go really wrong things go really super duper wrong <laughs> and, uh the end of the movie is super weird again i'm not going to spoil it it's really strange and interesting um yeah so i don't care for Christopher Nolan movies generally speaking i don't hate all of them i just find him to be a really overrated director um and i had kind of i had m- m- medium expectations for this movie uh i did in fact like it i will say i did i did enjoy it i did too i expected i would like it though because yeah. i do i do like christopher nolan like i love i really liked tenet and i yeah. really want you to watch it <laughs> even though i don't think you'll really like it yeah but <laughs> I, I want you to watch it <laughs> sometimes mary likes to fill me with hate well i, I sometimes okay this is the thing I'll see something and I'll be like, I don't think Missy will like this, but man, the conversation that we would get out of it, it's really good. Yeah. And I, that's how I feel about this movie for, or Tenant specifically for a lot of reasons. But, um, but yeah, I, I do, I see something and I'll be like, or like a panel at a convention. Oh my God. And I'm like, we're going to this. Oh, we haven't talked about PAX. I didn't put PAX on this list. Um, so yeah, I came away, I, I did like Interstellar. Uh, I think Kathy, casting Matthew McConaughey was a bad choice. I don't like him. He was fine. He was fine. The thing with Christopher Nolan movies is that his protagonists are always the least interesting part of the movie. Yeah, I I don't care about them. And like, daughter was great. The daughter was great. I liked the other crew members. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know why I was asked to care about Matthew McConaughey. I did not like him, and I did not care about him. I only cared about the people that cared about him. Um, the movie was neat. Like, I think that it was probably a good use of Christopher Nolan's, um, like, talents, Mm -hmm. which is, like, really interesting concepts, um, that don't always make, like, the most sense, but that are nonetheless interesting. This is gonna be a hot take, and and I don't mean to sound, like, pretentious. I do. But, um... They're just they're digestible enough where you feel really good understanding. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is part of the reason why I watch a ton of. But um, like uh, what's Inception? Yeah, where it's it's not that complicated, right? right? Um, but it's just complicated enough where you feel you come away feeling real smart. Yeah, like. I, I will sound pretentious when I say this, but I, fi- I think Mary and I both figured out where the movie was going. I think I figured it out really quickly. Yeah. And I may have said something, and I think someone said something else, and you're like, oh. Yeah, between the between the two of us, we had the ending pinned down, I want to say, like, a third of the way pretty through Pretty close. Yeah. I think the one difference is uh, there was only one thing that was very different that I, I didn't guess, but um, that it was coming from way, way in the future. Yeah. I thought they were going to use... What something to send back messages? Maybe yeah, but yeah, it, it's yeah, yeah. It, it it makes me feel smart, and that doesn't that doesn't make it a bad movie. Not at by all. any by any stretch of the imagination. It's just one of those things where like Christopher Nolan's like you know how M Night Shyamalan's thing is like a twist. Mm-hmm. Um, Christopher Nolan's thing is kind of like whoa man, <laughs> you know, and like that whoa man just like never does it for me. I like it, but I think this movie it was <laughs> the kind of thesis of it was corny but not in a bad way like something can be corny and good and i think it was a little more bad than it was good as far as corniness goes because i'm like okay like you're scratching the surface here christopher yeah. like get, <laughs> come on christopher come on christopher like if you go a little deeper like i'm gonna i'm gonna say without caveats that i that i enjoyed this yeah um he didn't go a little bit deeper but like he almost got there. <laughs> and, yeah. And I like overall I enjoyed this movie. I thought visu- all of his movies visually look excellent. Like they're really they're really interesting mm-hmm. and very like imaginative. Um I thought this movie was very good as far as like being twisty turny and interesting. Um had good suspense. It had good suspense. Um lots of anger. It had some twists and turns that I didn't see coming. Yeah. Um and I thought the end was well executed if a little corny yeah um and i i suggested afterwards we don't have to talk about it but i suggested afterwards that we watch arrival because i think arrival and this are kind of um they're Same very similar they're very similar the vibes are well i don't know if the vibes are similar i think that the piece that's missing from interstellar for me is present in arrival mm-hmm. and that's what i like i like them as a pair I think I think maybe part of it is that Christopher. This is also probably going to be a hot take. I think maybe he gives away too much, Mm -hmm. and I think he puts too much He that's the thing with the corniness of the ending of Interstellar to me is he's just like he's he's saying it, which isn't a bad thing. Um, I actually like that in some in certain settings, like as as we know, I'm a huge Hellblazer fan, right? (laughs) Like, and and Hellblazer a lot of times is saying it, like they they say it. Sometimes I use a crow to do it. Yeah, like they they say it, and I like that. Um, but this one was—it was a little too. The thing is, when this is a spoiler. Okay, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say what I mean to say and quit talking around it. This is a spoiler. It's also not a spoiler because <laughs> it's you know they say they get very on the nose with the concept of love, right? Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Love—it's a big thing. Like I feel I feel it. You know. You like love. I like love. Um, I like love in its many different forms. I'm here for it. You got to be specific, man. Yeah. (laughs) Like, love as a concept is, like, so broad, and that's great. But, like, I want... When you say love, that's a word... As an abstract concept, right? And I, I wanted it to go. I wanted, it, I wanted specificity. I wanted what yeah. is love in this context? Like, what do you mean by love? Yeah. Do you mean care? Do you mean familial love? Is do it you... something we you can actually measure uh, uh, in the future? Yeah. What do you mean by that? And and instead, it was. I think it's called a synecdoche. I think it's a synecdoche when you use a part to stand in for a whole. I can't remember. I don't know. It might be a synecdoche, but anyway, he's he's using the concept of love as shorthand. For, like, all of these other things. And I would rather more time have been spent exploring those other things, you I'm not, know? Yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of using love as answers for things. Um yeah. But it would have been really interesting if love was an actual tool. Yeah. It, it, it almost was. Because, yeah. like, it was, like, almost, I guess, a premonition use. Or not premonition, yeah. but... Because they, they should have gone to the other planet because she was in love. Blah, I blah. feel it. Like, I feel the message, right? That he's trying the fact that like love or whatever you want to call it is this like really powerful force in the universe that you can't put a finger on right yeah. i feel that the way the message was delivered in the movie was it was very surface and i'm like i understand what you're getting at but like i don't feel it from your words i feel it from what i know yeah you know what i mean because like Like as a person, I do believe that like love is this very important force that connects us. But love doesn't have to mean romantic. Love doesn't have to mean Mm -hmm. familial. It's also just like the sense of camaraderie of being human, right? Like love is also community. Love is mutual aid. Love is all of these. What's the Bible quote? Love is love is patient, patient. kind. kind. (laughs) You know, Um, but but the movie to me, it felt like it went shorthand love in a way that. I was like, I want more. I feel like you took the easy route in saying this. I want to feel it. I think there would have been an interesting conversation between using love in this broad sense and anti-science mm-hmm. and the use of science and how it's like an underground thing. But there actually also needs science to still survive because of everything happening. Yeah. Um, whereas love is not a scientific at this, this point. Which is why I think it would have been interesting to use it as a tool, like, measurable. Right. It's, so I Something think- – because, so, like, love is – like, you know, you have chemical reactions mm-hmm. that cause the feelings of love. But love also goes beyond that into, like, the feeling of camaraderie yeah. and that kind of thing. It was, it was almost there. It was enough for me where it didn't bother me that yeah. much. But um, I think there's an interesting conversation there to be had yeah they didn't have which is fine it's it's uh, after all this saying all this it is still like a complicated movie yeah yeah it wasn't it it wasn't like covering up it like a degree of shallowness with a platitude or whatever i think it was an effective movie it's just like one of those things where i'm like oh you you really almost you really almost got me like you (laughs) you really almost got me there but i need you to go a little bit further like I need you to really get your hands dirty with the with the concept of love. Whereas a uh, arrival is like really good at that. Arri- yeah, arrival because arrival is rough. Like is. as far as like what it does in the end, Um, like arrival, I think really, really challenged me in that way. And th- I think that's the thing. Interstellar didn't challenge me. Yeah. When it comes to like, but think- I liked it. Yeah, I liked it. I think overall it was a good movie. Like, I I thought it was imaginative. I, I think it- I think it was like all of the things that Christopher Nolan excels at were done very well mm-hmm. in this movie, and um, it was better than most at giving me something to chew on. Yeah, um, and I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. So I did not hate Interstellar. Um, you want to talk about about PAX? Yeah, we went to PAX. We did go to PAX. It, it was both stressful. stressful. Uh, yeah, my cat was hospitalized during PAX, so that sucked. Um, I really didn't get a chance to do much. I, I wrote up uh, a PAX diary, which may or may not be out by the time this episode comes out. So I'll just give you the brief rundown. Um, Mary and I played calico yeah it was super cute uh which is a digital board game um and it was really cute it was kind of hard to understand but also it's really loud yeah impacts and you're playing a demo and the demo <laughs> isn't always the yeah best. but it was really cute you get to make your own little cat which was great yeah and um yeah it's a digital board game but i think it's called monster couch um and it is an adaptation of an existing board game. So, um, if you're. Like, other game was too, right? Yeah, the other one is, uh, Wingspan. Wingspan. Wingspan, which is supposed to be really, really good. I haven't played it, but, um, yeah, I really liked that one. I thought it was neat. I think it would be cool. It's cool that you can play locally, uh, a digital board game or you can play with AI. If you play, um, virtually, then both people have to have a copy of the game, which is kind of a bummer, but that's how them's the breaks. Um, but that one was neat. Um, I played Techno Banter. Mm-hmm. Is that what it was called? I think so. Something like that, which was a. Um a uh sort of papers please inspired game where you play a bouncer letting it people really into a club it was fun it was funny um there was like one joke that didn't land for me <laughs> but uh the rest of the game was quite funny the art style was interesting it's kind of like 2d in a 3d space it was a really interesting concept yeah and it, i had a lot of fun with that one um that night the first night we went to see Uh, a panel about ikea as game design which ruled it was so fun um it was really cool it's It's such it's a really like unique fun idea yeah i my heart is missing uh league of heels real bad um and like there is no substitute for league of heels but um this panel kind of captured that like really weird spirit of like the panel begins with (laughs) The host, like, going over a this, thesis, like, a thesis, I guess yeah, it would be. This, like, really, uh, pedantic kind of examination of what makes a game. And therefore, can we call assembling an Ike- Ikea furniture a game? Which is so my shit. Yeah. It's <laughs> just, like, yeah. so my shit. He was an academic and it showed. Yeah. It was really, really funny. Yeah. And then, and then they had the rest of the panelists, uh, assembling a, a, a Lego Ikea set. That the host had put together schematics for. <laughs> and they like, and then they got judged on who did it the, the fastest and the most accurately. Yeah, it was, it was cool. Yeah, it was really fun. Um, really enjoyed that one. Yeah. Uh, we didn't go on Sunday because my cat was in the hospital. And, uh, we did go Monday because my cat was still in the hospital, but uh, there's nothing I can do. <laughs> so. <laughs> cat's fine. My cat's okay. For the most part. Yeah. Um, but, uh, we went Monday, and we spent the whole time—I think—on the the tabletop floor, or almost the whole time. We played what was a hundred of Horses? hundreds of horses, hundreds of horses, which my favorite game was really funny. So, hundreds of horses is a board game where uh you have you know we played it with three people, and you it has a deck of just pictures of horses, one hundred of them. <laughs> I think it's more than a 100. Um, it's I hundreds of oh, horses, Oh, that's true, Mary. that's true. So you put out four of these horse cards. In and your then stable. In your stable. And then one person uh, ha- draws a card, and then there's a little story, a word, or an award. And then everybody votes for which one, which horse is deserving of that story award or word. Um, and then when people match, they get points. And sometimes you have to do things like, um, who got the last text message. No, that was, that was the other game. Oh, was it the other game? That was the other game. Oh, okay. Um, Oh, yeah, you're right. Uh, so. It was actually really fun. Like, was it was easy pickup game. It's not a game I would probably like buy for myself. But if there was like a child in my life who there is gonna be, yeah. And if that child likes horses, boy, do I have a game for her (laughs) because it was really, it was actually a lot of fun. It was, it was just. Especially like on a really stressful week, surrounded by a bunch of people, where COVID is still getting—it just was like a a really nice thing. Yeah, it was it was fun. Yeah. Um, and then we also played a uh, game of phones, which is like a scavenger right. hunt with your phone. It was really interesting. <laughs> it's kind of like truth or dare, but you play it with your phone. And so, like, we had things like, um, find the oldest picture. The oldest picture. Uh. I made everybody basically, I dared everybody to leave comments on Phoebe Bridger's Instagram photos, which was so funny. Um, and that one's it was just fun, like it was like a fun party game. Yeah, it's a fun party game. It was exactly the amount of brain power I had. Uh, and we had a good time playing it. Yeah. Um, I that's what usually I, I love sitting on the, the um, board game level yeah. and just playing the stupidest games because you don't want to sit there and play like, a two-hour game. Yeah, I mean, some people do. Some people do, but but, like, but we like to do go and do other things too, right? So, and I didn't have the brain power yeah. for that kind of game. <laughs> so we uh, we often get these games that seem like really simple, and some and we also made our friends play um, Pantone. Yes, yes, Which is so good. That's a good one. We talked about that I think in my last PAX episode, but that's one where you I'm gonna get it for you for your birthday. Build a uh, pop culture characters essentially out of paint chips, and, and y- then everybody else really has to hard, guess. Hard, but also not. It's really hard if you're me and you don't remember what. What Woody from Toy Story looks like. <laughs> also, I made the best Sailor Moon, and it took every for- it took ever. forever. and I feel, I feel, I feel I've disappointed myself. <laughs> it was a really good Sailor Moon, you guys. Um, but yeah, Pax was good this year. Uh, I-, I wanted to do interviews. I wanted to do all of this stuff. I had so many appointments that yeah. I just had to blow off because I was. At, I'm not joking. I was at vet vets vets uh, plural more than you were more at th- yeah i spent like seven hours at one vet and two hours at another um i was at the vet until 2 a.m yeah so uh i had quite the weekend <laughs> so but i'm glad that you went because i think you needed that distraction yeah i think you're right i think you're right um and she's fine now and she's okay now so yeah it was a good weekend i look forward to Next year, and hopefully not it being a complete and utter disaster. I'm still not sold on the, the new the new um, convention center. It's really nice. But, like, I don't know. The panel rooms are too small. They're too small. There's not enough of them. I'm very happy that like, Khan is not in there. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know. It's not... It's really cool. Yeah. It looks really cool. And they had so much food on every day except for Sunday. Oh my God. We couldn't find food <laughs> we couldn't couldn't anywhere. Find food. And one of the, th- I had a bad food week <laughs> because, uh, one of the things that my babies decided it is that, uh, I can't have dairy, like any dairy. Uh, like, did you know there's dairy in McDonald's fries? <laughs> like, I, I now can do lactate and, and do most things. So I was having the hardest time finding <laughs> um but we did but yeah there was like no food and we're starving and we were yeah. making fun of like there was like an airplane cart it was like, really weird it was really cart. weird <laughs> and we're like who would go do that who and then we ended up <laughs> it was the only thing <laughs> the only thing i could get what did i end up getting like doritos i ate yeah. two bags of doritos chips and like a drink and then you might have gotten a cookie no i didn't get a cookie no? i think i got and they didn't have any regular coke they only had diet yeah that's right and zero sugar and i was like i can't do this i'll die um they didn't even have tea. It was just yeah, anyway. Because I was like, oh, I saw totally saw like a cafe. They took it up. down. They took it down. It was it was pretty empty on Sunday. Yeah. It's not like PAX used to be where every day sells, sells out. Yeah. Um which, you know, is not really a bad thing. Not can, yeah, not can, when COVID's going around. I can get behind that. Um Yeah. I read Fight Like Hell by Kim Kelly, which is a history of various labor movements in America um i don't know a lot about labor history in the u.s it's one of those things that i'm like aware of but holy shit did this book make me- like people always say you know like people spilled blood right to secure the right to a 40-hour work week work week right people say things like that mm-hmm. i didn't realize that- they literally did <laughs> well i knew that they literally did but i didn't realize like how fucking bloody this really movement was like how many people died Really? For labor rights. Like, the government just, like, marching in, like... Well, I guess pro- they might die anyway, so... Yeah, it's just like, oh, my God, it's brutal. It's fucking brutal. So I have a whole new appreciation for the labor movement in the U.S. after reading this. Um, the book is divided into industries, which I thought was really interesting. So instead of being, like, a linear, here's what happened in this year, and here's what happened the next year, etc., it's broken into industries. So you'll have, like, the history of garment workers, the history of... Uh, coal miners um the two chapters i found most interesting were and they were all interesting but the ones i liked the most were um the one about sex work and the one about prison labor um i know like the ideas about prison labor have uh have been like more more and more people are understanding like the the horrible nature of it's it's prison labor slippery. but boy howdy if you want to get so mad read the prison laborer chapter like holy fucking shit i like it's again it's one of those things that i know logically but like i don't i don't know no <laughs> you know what i mean no, like no i know the detail i know it's bad um but i don't no no and then i read this book and i'm like wow fuck everything right yeah. i'm so mad um but that like that can be a good thing like it can be good to be that angry like yeah. the cha- the title of the book is fight like hell like this book wants you to be angry um about labor and you sh- you fucking should be so if you want a history of labor in the us um i thought this was really good um some people are like it's too shallow that's fine not i'm not a labor scholar like i don't know a lot about the history of labor so this worked for me some people don't like her writing style um again she she it worked for me because she is like um she's a journalist she's written for like um teen vogue and a, a lot of other uh places so like that writing style worked for me um especially when dealing with like a long long histories um I thought it was really – and then a lot of people didn't like that it was grouped by industry rather than in linear time. Um, But that was, I think, easier to parse if you're not familiar because then you're only dealing with, like, one set of acronyms as opposed to, like, every set of acronyms for every union in the U.S. Um, So if you're curious about the history of labor in the U.S., if you don't know a lot about it like me – um, th- I think this is a really good starting place, especially because it'll go into like the activities of like this one specific person, and then you can go like look up a biography of that person, which is something that I want to do because there's a few people in there. So I was like, oh, this person sounds fascinating. I want to know more about them. It's a good time right now to mm-hmm. to think and talk about that. All the strikes happening and people unionizing. Yeah. I saw somebody. So I don't know if you saw. Slightly off topic. Target and somewhere else are closing stores due mm-hmm. to theft. Yeah, in and Seattle. They- and in Oregon. And oh, okay. they also happen to be places where they tried to get unionized. Weird. So weird. The person I specifically was, uh, seeing it from was someone who lives in Portland. Mm. And they were like, there's so many cameras around. It would be really diff, like, it'd be difficult to steal. They're going to see it, right? Yeah. It, but they also happen to just be, you know, trying to unionize. Right. Starbucks did that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I definitely recommend Fight Like Hell if, labor history is interesting to you or you just want to get really mad because, like, that can be invigorating. (laughs) So, yeah. I watched Malum, which is a horror movie my husband made me watch because he thought it wouldn't be scary. It was scary. I slept the light on. Um, (laughs) But it was... He thought I would like it, and he... I mean, I I thought it was fine. It was good. Um, I wish it wasn't as scary, and I wish they put more into the cult that was in it. Um, It's a story of... There's... uh, a weird it's supposed to be like I don't know I I guess I would compare it to like um Charles Manson type thing mm. where there's this one guy he's the leader and you know and they're killing people and all this other stuff and it's a cult um, I don't remember too much from it, but, uh, it <laughs> blocked was. blocked it out. Yeah, it was, it was scary. <laughs> I'm so easily scared. My husband was really trying to get me to watch, uh, Talk to Me. Mm-hmm. Um, cause he's like, it's not that scary, but my husband has said that about so many things and I've been terrified. Mm-hmm. Um, because he doesn't, he literally gets, I asked Uncle, when's the last time you were scared? He's like, probably when I was like seven. <laughs> like, he got scared watching, I think, uh, Halloween or something. Mm hmm um so i can never he's like why don't you try i'm like i can't trust you you have no idea <laughs> he doesn't feel fear i always say I'm like i have to have missy watch it first to let me know mm-hmm. because you've never you've never done me wrong or my husband has. well i don't know i think i kind of did you wrong with the babadook the babadook came in a rough time yeah. in my life um i have never had a panic attack watching a horror movie and i did have a panic attack watching that horror movie um but that came at a really rough time in my life yeah um and some people can like can watch that kind of stuff when they're having a hard time and i cannot i've learned (laughs) um but yeah Malam. so okay here's what i do remember uh this girl she goes it starts with this the murders happen this this cop saves three girls or something like that and he's a hero but he kind of like something something fucked with his head and then he ends up killing him killing some other cops and then killing himself in front of people he, he puts his gun in his mouth and uh, a year later his daughter joins the force and his her mom's like don't do this don't do this please don't do this and she's like I just need to know I need to walk in my father's shoes and she gets put in the old building which is where everything happened and it's clearly haunted um, and it's like she ends up being, you know, she, it's like a total slasher type thing, but she... Spoilers. She ends up being, like, the thing needed to, like, raise Malum demon type thing. And uh, it was really weird. It was really weird. Uh, there was... I didn't watch a good chunk of it. Like I listened to it, but I didn't watch because it was spooky. There were things in the back, and there was like demons and stuff. But a demon cult. I my husband's like, we can turn it off. I'm like, no, I want to know what happened. <laughs> I wanted to know what happened, and it was fine. It wasn't like a super great ending, but I love a good cult. <laughs> I love a good cult. It definitely wanted to. Ha- it definitely tried to have that feeling of a folk horror mm-hmm. but it definitely also still wanted to be a horror slasher type movie right? and that's exactly what it was and I think if it would have obviously I feel if it would have gone more the other way I would have liked it more mm-hmm. um, but yeah it's it, it was fine it was scary <laughs> I slept with the light on Um, I read Let's Talk About Death by Kate Zellers Baby. which is uh, a zine about um, so Kate Zellers is a cartoonist but is also a mortician and so this comic talks about um, her job and it talks about death positivity and it's a really good introduction to that concept if you haven't, if you're not familiar with it, um, especially from the pers- perspective of a mortician. This is also, um, if you know Caitlin Doty, um similar, like also a mortician and also talks a lot about death positivity, but it's good to have other people, like it's good to have m- multiple points of view. Um, even if in this case, they are largely in agreement. Um, The introduction to death positivity was really good. I am pretty familiar with death positivity already. Um, So that wasn't the strongest part for me. The part I found the strongest was I think the last two comics in the scene, which are about some things that Zeller's experiences personally as a mortician. And those were really good. Like those really hit because I don't, I don't know that I've heard – I mean, I've read Caitlin Do- one of Caitlin Doty's books, Smoke Gets in Your Eyes, which I really enjoyed. Um, but obviously, Zellers, being a different person, has different stories that she wanted to tell. Um, and she talks about being a mortician during COVID. She talks about like this like feeling of helplessness and that kind of stuff. And I just found it really, really well done and really effective. Um, if you're curious about death positivity um, – I think this is a good, really quick introduction to the concept. Um, doesn't require a lot of time commitment. Um, and it's easy to read. The art's really neat. I really like Kate Zeller's style. Um, so if you happen to see this out and about or if you can get it online, it's worth picking up if you're interested in that kind of thing. Yes. Um, I listened to the podcast, The Retrievals. Um, it is a podcast uh, by, about... Um, a really horrific story about women who were trying to get pregnant at a fertility clinic. Um, I'm going to spoil everyone. Everyone who I talked to that was like, you should watch this would not like talk about what it was because like, it's better if you don't know. But like, I th- personally, I think it's pretty easy really quickly to figure out what, what's happening. So I'm just going to talk about it. Um, it's the story of a, of a woman who was a drug addict. And instead of putting morphine in these women's, uh, ivs and like giving them morphine or or some type of you know um strong drug she was putting saline in Mm. and when you so when you go to do an egg retrieval it's fucking painful because they're going all the way up into your fucking ovaries Mm -hmm. with a long ass needle so these women are saying this isn't right i shouldn't feel this like that like to the point where they're like, I don't – because when you do – when you go through IVF, you take medication and you end up having a lot of eggs. That's the goal, to have as many eggs as you can. And some of the women said it was so painful they didn't have them retrieve all the eggs because they needed it to to um, stop. Mm-hmm. And some got traumatized. And the, the thing that sucks, yes, the woman was putting saline and in there and she was a drug addict and that was a really interesting part of it and a horrible thing to do. But there were other people – in the room that weren't listening to these women Mm -hmm. and that's scary Mm -hmm. that's really scary um especially like in a fertility clinic where it's like focused on like non-men who typically are treated better than um like women and non-binary people and trans people um especially so it's kind of scary when it's like this is supposed to be a safe place like medically mm-hmm. and they weren't listening to multiple women say something is wrong. I think one of them ended up not being able to have kids or there was like so much trauma. Jesus. Um but it's really good. They they look at it from every angle. So they also look at it from the angle of the nurse who was giving out saline mm-hmm. and her and her life and then like the um the trial that happens and the doctor's side. All this stuff and so it's it's a really good uh look at all sides Mm -hmm. but you're still gonna come out with the same feeling of like (laughs) that's so fucked it's only like four episodes long and i think each episode's like an hour or something it's really quick and easy but it was really good especially so like i went through i didn't go through ivf but i did iui so i've done a few fertility i've gone to a fertility clinic and done a few fertility um procedures and it I, it's, it really enhances my, my situation, like listening to it enhances the enjoyment. Um, maybe not enjoyment, but, uh, yeah. You're like engagement. I, yeah. My engagement. I felt, I felt it. And, um, happy I don't have to do IVF. Um, cause the, it sounded like it hurt really bad. And no one listened to them. Mm-hmm. And that's a common issue that women have. And especially when I could go on forever. They, no one listens to you unless you're a man mm-hmm. if you need to go to the doctor bring your boyfriend or husband mm-hmm. um because they're more likely to talk to you unless you know your doctor and you have a really good doctor i do but um yeah this is one of those things where it's like hey remember all those stories how you hear that they won't listen to you this is one of them yeah and it's bad so and it was really good i highly suggest it it's pretty quick to get through nice um i read a deadly education by naomi novick um, which I love. You can't, you can't spoil it for me. I, have I, to, won't, I won't spoil it. I think this, I got it on Audible. This is a book. Um, it is a wizard school book. Um, but it's like, hey, what if wizard school sucked ass um, it's a story about a character named L short for Galadriel, um, who goes to a wizard school called, I think it's the Sholomance. I don't know if it's Sholomance or Skolomance. It really could be Skolomance. I don't know. But in You're my waiting. head, you don't know. In my head, it's, sh- it's Sholomance. Um, thinking about it, it's probably school. Who cares? <laughs> um, anyway, she goes to the school and she's been at the school for, I think, I think she's a junior. Um, and, she the school actively is like trying to kill its students Um, in this world. I won't spoil too much, but in this world, people who are magical have mana. Essentially, they they attract or they are able to gather a mystical force that powers their magic, which is referred to as mana. And there are creatures that are drawn to people with mana and they leave people who do not have mana. Um, which I think they call mundanes or something like that. They leave them alone. Um, But if you have magical ability, they will be drawn to you and they will try to kill you and take your mana. So being sent to wizard school is uh, like a safety thing, but also you have a high concentration of wizard kids in one place, so there's always these creatures coming to try to get you. Um, L is a very uh, (laughs) L is has had a sort of a we'll call it a prophecy about her that she's gonna be a big bad (laughs) um and so she is not the most personable person on earth she she hates her school she hates everybody she especially hates this kid named orion lake who is like the savior of the school he is like the golden boy figure you know he keeps swooping in to save everybody and very early in the book he saves her and boy does she fucking hate that <laughs> um and so the the rest of the book is like you learn more about this world you learn about why Elle is the way she is and um you watch her grow as a person. I don't want to spoil anything because I think Mary's going to really enjoy it and she hasn't started it yet. But I thought this book was a blast. There are some criticisms of this book that I've heard. One major criticism was actually taken out of the book, so it's not in there anymore. I think that was a smart move. It seemed like a oversight, like, not an over, like, I don't think the author thought about what she was saying when she said something and the sub text of it and i think it was the right move to take that out there's some other criticisms of the way that l the character thinks about her fellow students and i understand that criticism but i think it makes sense for the character um so on the one hand i get it but i also think that like it it makes sense to me that that's the way she thinks of them um i thought the book overall was very effective it is very info dumpy is the best way i can think to phrase it like There will be something happening and then there will be like several paragraphs like explaining something, which I think is not going to work for everybody, but it did work for me because I found the world really interesting. I was like, oh, I I like that this is, you know, wizard school. I like a wizard school book. Um, I know you're thinking of the obvious one, but I'm also thinking of Crestomancy, um, which at least two of them are wizard school, right? Cat and... uh, cat chant and christopher chant are both uh wizard school um and like i've always kind of liked that genre and i like that this one's like hey what if wizard school fucking sucked um i like that this is a bunch of kids against kind of uh the grinding forces of um evil wizard problems but like it's it's capitalism um (laughs) <laughs> i mean it, it is and it isn't right it is literally what it is but it is also uh you know the power of solidarity anyway i really liked it i thought it was really effective i enjoyed the book a lot i will definitely be picking up the next one when i see it out in the wild um so yeah i like that one i'd like to read you some of my um on, on audible to to get it and these are recommended for me my best friend's exorcism white trash warlock <laughs> Carmilla Dracula <laughs> Frankenstein it's all horror. <laughs> but those first two are so great <laughs> I've heard of that first one the white trash warlock looks interesting it looks <laughs> like there My be fairies in it anyways I rewatched American Psycho I've only seen American Psycho once or twice and it was like a long time ago um, I rewatched it because I have a friend who I thought would really really enjoy it in my memory this movie was a lot bloodier Mm-hmm. And a lot less funny. Well, that was the the scenes that are shown are those bloody scenes. Yeah, so that's fair. There was only like two murder scenes in this movie. It was not very bloody at all. But holy shit, was it funny? It was so funny. This is a funny ass movie. Um, I'm so, so. If you're not familiar with American Psycho, it's about Patrick Bateman, who's like this businessman who like like I am not even human. There's nothing beneath my shell blah 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 and he really loves just the worst he loves pop music and skincare um and he's also a murderer it's a super dark super dark comedy about uh like masculinity and the corporate world and it's directed by a woman right? it is directed by a woman um it's fantastic i like i'm so glad we watched it i had such a good time i was laughing out loud so many times Uh, definitely i would say uh what's his name christian bale oh definitely christian bale's best role (laughs) he he killed it i um another hot take here don't really care for uh i just forgot his name again christian bale i don't really care for him as an actor but oh my god he killed it because patrick bateman is so like stone-faced doesn't emote until he's doing a murder or talking about pop music in which case he looks fucking nuts um and i think that christian christian bale really straddled those two lines really well um so if you haven't seen american psycho it's great whatever you think it might be about if you're not familiar with like it's a dark comedy it's a satire like it's really effective um it's not as bloody as you would think uh it was actually quite a bit less bloody than expected um the director I, did one episode of constantine really which one um uh quid pro quo episode 10 but yeah i really liked american psycho that's another one that we should put on the list we're doing an episode yeah. about I i've heard that the book is very different and the yes. changes made are great <laughs> yes i so i believe if i remember correctly brett easton ellis is a gay man but i don't think he's a nice man no yeah and i find that really interesting so i think that that one might be worth doing an episode on because i would love to see like a gay man and a woman are coming at critiquing masculinity in very different ways yeah um and i'm interested to see the comparison between the two also i have uh i have a pretty strong stomach when it comes to um books so i'm not super worried about the content (laughs) i've seen some of it and it's just like that's wild yeah i like for whatever reason, stuff I read doesn't really get to me. I mean, you've read uh, what's Chuck- some of Chuck Palnick stuff is nasty, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, uh, that's what I was reading in high school. So, like, yeah. I, for whatever reason, it doesn't really get to me. Um, so that might be one to put on our list because I think we could have I some agree. really interesting conversations I totally about agree. that. I remember loving it. Yeah, yeah. It's it was definitely like I think that we weren't quite ready for it. Yeah, but I, I think that it was the seeds of things that we would come to appreciate later. Did you see that DeSantis used a clip from it in one of his campaigns? Jesus Christ. And people were like, have you seen them? They're a parody of themselves. Ivanka Trump said that Patrick Bateman is her ideal man. It reminds me (laughs) of when you told me that at the end of Wolf of Wall Street, a bunch of people cheered. Yeah! Um, (laughs) What? That's pretty wild to me. What? Um. I'll do one more. Just We can both talk about the next one. Uh, yeah your next one yeah um i watched it happened one night this was a pull from the movie jar uh it happened one night is a pre-code romantic comedy about um a wealthy heiress what who pre- are you talking about the haze code, the Hays code. Okay. so it came out in 1934 it came out like a few months before they actually started using the haze code mm-hmm. um so it got a little risque at times Ooh. um it is about a wealthy heiress who marries this man that her father hates. And then she esca- He like takes her out on a boat and then she jumps off the boat and swims back to the mainland. And she ends up on a bus or on a, yeah, on a bus with this man who is a journalist who has just been fired from his position. And he, eventually realizes that she is the missing wealthy heiress. And so he's like, okay, I'm going to help you get to your husband in exchange for writing the exclusive story about you going here. And they just hate each other at first. They just, they want to strangle each other. Um, There's a very famous part where at one point they, they have to pretend to be married because it's the thirties and they're staying in a hotel room together. So he puts up what he calls the, the walls of Jericho and um, he like strings like a rope between their two beds and hangs sheets over it um, so that they can't see each other and they treat it like different rooms. Um, but like the the chemistry is there, you know. Um, so eventually this is a spoiler for literally like an, a 90 year old movie. Mm-hmm. So deal. Um, they fall in love with each other but they they can't say it for various reasons and there's a whole lot of chaos um in the last third it was really good it is a movie from the 30s so there's some stuff in it that's not gonna hold up to modern standards particularly with regard to how men speak to women in relationships so just know that ahead of time um but it was really good like if you like that kind of like tense beginning to a relationship it's a lot of fun you just kind of have to you have to look at it from the perspective that this movie was made in the 30s when women couldn't have jobs (laughs) you know when it was socially like when it was socially acceptable for a man to talk to his wife like this and it just it was normal it wasn't a sign of anything bad you know because like i don't think the movie is trying to say this man's a bad man they're saying this man's a normal man um which from our perspective is bad right but i don't think like that behavior has always been bad, but the perspective of somebody writing in the thirties is this is a normal man, not this is a bad man. So you kind of, when you're, when you're watching old romantic movies like this, you kind of have to be willing to be like, they're not saying they were not saying what this would be saying today. Like it's, there's a level of like, you have to be like, this was bad, but also it wasn't, um, that's not what was being communicated to the people making the movie. They were not saying this is a bad man. They're saying this is a normal man. I don't feel like I'm articulating that well enough, but I know what I'm trying to say. And that's, what's important. Um, But yeah, overall really, really good uh, rom-com. Just, it was a lot of fun. (laughs) It was, it's very funny. um, Very like well acted. The whole walls of Jericho thing was really good um just really enjoyable uh also it's always fun to watch a pre-code movie and see what they could get away with before (laughs) the haze code which lasted for 30 fucking years that's pretty wild that it lasted that long yeah um it's just it's it's because again we think of things as progressing in a straight line right like we think of things are always like progressiveness is always on the rise and that's not true and it's interesting to watch a pre-code movie and see like the flirtation the like her taking off her clothes like it like she's not nude in the movie or anything but like you know there's like she's taking off her clothes and like slinging her nightgown over the rope or whatever and he sees it and you like that would not fly in a in a movie produced during the code era the haze code era so it's always interesting to see like oh this is what it was like before this really rigid code um and to see that it didn't it, we haven't just gotten more progressive over time sometimes we backslide i feel like now it's clear that that happens more than we think <laughs> yeah yeah well i mean right now we're having um a backlash to increased civil liberty liberties right the when we when we gain ground we also yeah there's backlash to it yeah um it's it sucks ass and it is also a part of an unfortunate part of progress right like yeah, it's like the, it goes, you know, the, the, the pendulum, the, yeah, the swings. pendulum swings one way really far. And then it's, sw- you know, and then it goes down and goes mm-hmm. far the next time. That's why I, I feel like we had Obama. People really hate it. So then we had the worst of the worst, which would be Trump. And now we have Biden, who's like, not great, but yeah, I guess he's, <laughs> I guess he's doing something. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whatever the public opinion, I think when people, like, people become aware of something, then there's going to be backlash, and unfortunately, that backlash results in a restriction of civil liberties, civil liberties, it results in um, an increase in hate crimes, and Delusion. that kind of thing. Yeah. It's, people voting against their own, like, benefits? Yeah. Um, but I, d- I think that this is historically precedented, unfortunately. You know what I mean? Like, that doesn't make it Better. Yeah. It's just one of those things where, like, it is. It is part of. It's not unheard of. so it's not like it's the worst. But like, it's not like we're living in a time where we don't know. Yeah, I mean, we don't know, but at we, least we know. The, it's hard. It's hard to tease I out know what you're saying. I know exactly what you're saying because that's exa- exactly what it feels like. Yeah, uh, it doesn't make anything any better to know that this has happened before, but it has happened before. Just like the economy, yeah, goes up and down. F- fashion. It circular. doesn't. It's. N- it doesn't make anything better. It's just a fact, right? That sometimes yeah. it, there's backlash to things, and the backlash is terrible, and we have to. And sometimes we can learn from the past on how to make that better. Yeah, yeah. So, the the government won't save us. We'll save each other. I also watch Paddington. <laughs> <laughs> is this the one that everyone says is amazing? Paddington uh, Two. Paddington Two. Okay. Paddington was cute. I don't. I. It was cute. I don't. I wasn't as in love with it as everybody else was. I was a little like, "Okay, we gotta watch two. Is that it? <laughs> it was really cute. Like, it's Paddington is about a bear. About this a teddy bear. It's teddy. No, no. He's a real bear. He's I a, thought he was a teddy bear too. Oh. He's a real bear. So this, um, this explorer from from England goes to darkest Peru. There's some colonialist language for you. Um, goes to darkest peru and introduces a family of bears to marmalade and english and then pieces out and so the bears raise a kid who likes marmalade and english and then one of the spoilers one of the, his like uncle bear dies in an earthquake and he goes don't mean to laugh at that i'm sorry <laughs> Mary thinks it's so funny. Um so he goes to England to try to find somewhere safe to live such as with the explorer and he gets sort of adopted by this uh chaotic grumpy family. Um and it's heartwarming and sweet. I think that this is kind of a kids movie that I feel like we don't get a lot of anymore. So I, on that level I feel like I understand why it was so so hyped. And I don't I can't put my finger on what it is that we don't that I don't see a lot of in kids movies anymore um it reminds me of some live action kids movies along the lines of like Mary Poppins or um shit there's another one I can't think of I had it maybe like Matilda Hmm. do you, you know those qualities that those movies have and those are like decades apart but like those uh, those or like a rolled doll story yeah. those I mean Matilda is a rolled doll story but those qualities that those stories have that like the uh, there, there's a the unquestioned mixing of magic into the normal world right um but there's also I don't know how to I don't know how to how to explain it but I think there's a quality missing from a lot of modern children's films most of which now are computer animated and not, um live action which obviously the bear is computer animated this is not (laughs) they did not get a real bear um i don't know i don't know how to put my finger on it but it was it was really cute it was really cute i think it was a really nice family movie it was fun it was funny um i'm not a child and uh i think maybe i'm old and grizzled and maybe that's why I don't know. I don't know. I, d- I was just like, okay, that was cute. I don't know if that was uh, all that, that everybody was freaking out about. <laughs> but uh, I haven't watched Paddington 2 yet, so <laughs> maybe maybe that's... I, like, I'm like i so like, what the fuck happens in Paddington 2? That makes everybody so I've excited. I've so much that it's just like... People love Paddington love 2. Um, I'll watch it. I'm, I'm interested to see why everybody's So excited about Paddington too. Bob Watch It listens to a lot of horror podcasts, and I think there's one where they all gushed about it for a while. <laughs> and then this is a podcast that also looks like, that that talks about, uh, what is it, 100 Days of Solo? <laughs> yeah. And then they're yeah, yeah. like, I love Paddington. Oh, that's so funny. Um, it was really cute. It was a really, really good family movie, I think. Um, I'll have my baby watch it. Yes, yeah, so definitely use it as, sp- as a springboard to talk about why it's super weird to refer to a place as darkest Peru. <laughs> um. But uh it's a cute movie. I also love marmalade, so like I get it. Um you could relate. I can relate on that level. Marmalade's really really good. I would go to Great lengths for good for a good marmalade. I do know this about you. Yeah, I fucking yeah, love marmalade. It's like top 5 facts I know about you. Yeah, loves marmalade. <laughs> yeah, loves marmalade. <laughs> um yeah, it's cute. It's a, it's a good family movie. Um don't let my being like, "Hey, why is everybody so excited about this movie?" stop you cuz it was it was good. Like it's a really really solid family movie. Nice. Uh, last night we watched uh Before Sunset, which is the second movie after Before Sunrise. Before it's, S- it's the second movie in the before trilogy. Yes. And uh you do this summary. I'm so bad at it's summaries. Fun. So before sunset takes place nine years and was filmed nine years after before sunrise. And before sunset is about the main characters Jessie and I can't remember her name. Because you're a misogynist. Julie Depley. I remember her real name or Delpy. I remember her real name, but I don't remember her character's oh, name. Um, she, or he has written a book, um, that has, is like a bestseller and he's on his book tour in Paris. And who shows up? Celine. But Celine, it's Celine. That was perfect timing. Who shows up? But Celine, um, the woman that he met in Vienna, um, nine years earlier. And they were supposed to meet up after six months, but uh oh. (laughs) <laughs> he showed up and she didn't, Um, for reasons that are explained in the film. And they are now fully adults, right? They are fully adults and both are in only committed... slightly more mature. Only slightly more... Well, I mean, really? Yeah. That's how it is. Yeah. <laughs> um They are both in committed relationships. She's in a relationship? Yeah, she is. She's in a committed relationship. She's not married, but she's in a committed relationship. Oh, I thought she had said she broke up. No. Oh, fuck. They both suck. Yeah. Yeah. Um they are both in committed relationships. He's married and has a kid. She is in she has a boyfriend. Um and they immediately Just immediately like, pick it right up. They pick it right up. Like that yeah. you could see immediately the connection between the two of them. It's really good because it's a very complicated story. Yeah. It, like it's complex. Like you're rooting for them, but also like I was he's he wants to cheat on his wife. Like uh-huh. I don't want to root for that, but like their love, they, the chemistry is so good, and you're rooting for. This is what I was thinking about while watching it. You're not rooting for them. You're rooting for their love. Yeah, right. You're rooting. You even, even jackasses fall in love, right? <laughs> like they're not evil. Neither of them are evil. No, 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 no. Um, I would say neither of them are necessarily good people, but they're also not bad people right like when we say bad people we have like this idea of malice or something yeah he's not out there sleeping with every woman that shows up no he he's not he's not setting out like he did not go on this book tour to cheat on his wife right he didn't cheat on his wife with anybody else but when he reconnects with celine it's like he's the one that got away yeah very much so um, and so you're watching this, you, you start to develop these really complicated feelings because like, I love them together. Like, I love their chemistry. I love seeing them together. But at the same time, you're like, Oh, you got a wife though. I <laughs> am really interested to see the last one because at this point, the way that I feel is, um, getting together would only ruin their love. I'm really excited for you to watch the last one because I feel like it's one of those ones where it's like it's only enhanced by the by the distance Mm -hmm. and the time, yeah. And you can romanticize it over. They've barely spent any time together. Yeah, they've spent like all told maybe twelve hours. Yeah, like they've barely spent any time together. But but that that's the most electric twelve hours anybody has ever spent together. Yeah, it's very good chemistry. Um, it was good. It's a good. It's a it's a good like complex story about complex people. As far as romance movies go, like. this isn't, it's, it's, it is at times quite funny. Um, but it is like, I, I would think of it as a romance movie, not a rom com, not a drama. Yeah, to me, it is agree. a romance movie and it is the best romance movie. Like, there is no movie I think that presents romance in such a complex and thought provoking and like emotionally challenging way as the before trilogy to me, especially when you've seen all three movies because the, the first movie is very, um, every movie is tied to its uh its age, right? Mm-hmm. The first movie is very, like, not necessarily first romance, but, like, Fun. first love. It's very whimsical. It's very, like, it feels very fast-paced, very charming. The second movie is very, like, okay, we're adults now, but, like, what is, what does it mean to be an adult? Like, what does it mean to be mature? What does it mean, you know, to be in love? What is love, like? what do these things really mean versus what a society tell us that they mean? And then the third movie I won't spoil anything about, but again, it's nine years later. What does love look like in your forties? You know, what does love look like when you're like fully a, a grown up, you know, what does, a, how does a relationship evolve over time? Um, it's just like this. I love this series because first of all, it's wonderfully directed. It's wonderfully acted. It's wonderfully written. Um, but It's portrayal of romance is just so complex and Mm -hmm. so interesting in a way that because like like you were saying, the the fact that like their relationship is so electric and they want each other so badly and you're watching them make bad decisions, like you're like, this is not right, this isn't how it should go. Mm -hmm. But also, it could it go any other way? You know, what's gonna happen? What's going to happen? Is it like legitimately and this is this is a tricky question this is a tricky question is it better if he divorces his wife immediately before potentially hooking up on hooking up with celine i think i think that would i don't i think that's less bad i think it's probably less bad is it good i mean it's good. It's good. he should have divorced her a long time he should have ago. Divorced he her should have a long time ago. So it's good because they need to be divorced. Mm-hmm. But it, and it's also good because it means he's not cheating on somebody who sounds like they really tried in the relationship where he was like, I tried everything, which was <laughs> and it was like basic shit. Um. So yeah, I I do I do think that's mm-hmm. it's not good because your your a marriage is ending and there's a child in it and um that's sad. So maybe not even good, but sad. Mm-hmm. But I don't want somebody like it's not good to be in a relationship you don't like and be pining after someone else mm-hmm. that only grows like resentment and, and anger and that's the thing though is he's been doing that for and the he's tired of that yeah. marriage and so it's like bro you needed to end this ages ago it's the, it's the very he even says it stay together for the kid yep so um which is not not a good idea but you know when you have kids things are different i guess i'll yeah. find out you shouldn't you shouldn't cheat on your partner yeah um you and also like it's complicated it's complicated it's complicated i love that level of complexity with with this character who i'm not rooting for him to cheat on his wife um i'm rooting for him to have gotten divorced five years ago yeah you know and he didn't do that and so now now it's like i i think Celine is probably a better partner for him but also like there's no way this this. no matter what it sucks like either he stays or he goes, and if he goes, he's gonna risk losing Celine again forever. But also, like he, bro, you got to do something about your marriage. Yeah, you got to get out of that marriage because it's not fair to anyone. Um, personally, I understand why he's so deeply in love with Celine. I would also be so deeply in love with Celine. I definitely think, in my, like, currently, it's that um, the it's enhanced by the short amount of time. Oh and, yeah. Um. In my mind, they wouldn't make it. Mm-hmm. Because I, I don't know. They, I think they're good together. But in my mind, they just wouldn't make it. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're worried about that too. Yeah, they are. <clears throat> they are. And, um, and that sucks, but also, but look at what you do get that the, 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 the days or nights that they get out of it are, I mean, help. He wrote a book. Mm-hmm. So um, give and take. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just love the complexity of these movies and they're just, they're so well crafted um now i'm curious did you like the first one or the second one better um i think i liked them both for different things i was he was such a shit in the first one (laughs) such a believable shit yeah such a believable shit but he like i don't know cheating is not fun to watch yeah um and like betrayal and um but like that's what made it really like that's what made that's I think that's what deeper? makes the, that's what makes the movie good. Yeah. Like if so- he if he was like I just got divorced, mm-hmm. the movie would just be Oh, of course you did. Yeah. Like yeah. it would be easy, right? And yeah. it does it like we want their love to work, but also we're like Oh but also <laughs> yeah so I, I I don't even know if I see them as different movies mm-hmm. I just see it as a continuation. Mm-hmm. so I don't know if I can answer that but if I had to, I'd say the first one just because I the the fun the fun love and the joy that they got like mm-hmm. just easy joy mm-hmm. was really fun to watch yeah um, I love the series I am really excited to watch the last one with you um, you thought the complex feelings. We're in this one. Wait until the last one. Um, Great. So that's it for this episode. You can find us... After five years. After five years. Uh, yeah, It's a, just a two-hour, what we've been up to. Don't worry about it. You can find us online at fakeygirlscast.com which has our previous episodes and also episode transcripts. Shout out to Emily June for working on those. If you like this, consider signing up for our Patreon. A small donation per month gets you cool rewards, like $5 a month gets you our... Um, our outlines where you can see all of our cut material. Um uh fifty dollars a month which is a lot and you don't have to subscribe for a long time but you can just do one month. Fifty dollars you can commission us to do an episode on a topic of your choice which is why we did the Mrs. Davis episode. Um we've done so glad. it's so good. Yeah it was so good. Next time <laughs> we're gonna be talking about Jaws. I'm very excited. I hope you're just ready to hear about nothing but masculinity. Uh, and then following that we're gonna talk about Barbie so, you know Get ready. Get ready. Uh, I'm very excited to do Barbie. I've had so many thoughts about Barbie. I continue to have so many thoughts about Barbie. Yeah. Um just just for a warning. I liked Barbie. I know we're okay? to, like, say I that liked often. it. I liked it. I thought it was a good movie. I, I it, literally the beginning of our of our show is encouraging things we love to do better. So yeah. like, no one should be surprised. Yeah, yeah. Um But there's always someone. I thought it was a good movie i also think, i fucking loved it wow i don't understand why ryan gosling looks so fucking hot in that movie i i'm not a ryan Gosling i saw i was watching something the is other it day his charm I is it his himbo charm it might be It's just like oh my god yeah i could fix him i could fix him i don't know yeah i could, you could yeah i could i think you could i believe in myself yeah just 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 as a horse Straight from the horse's mouth. Straight from the horse's mouth. <laughs> Have him play hundreds of horses. Oh yeah. That's how we would bond. Yeah. Um that's it. Alright. Catch on the flip side. Well but <laughs> I'm gonna leave that in. <laughs>